Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. That was an awesome waveform. Yeah, some of the best. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon as we have been for the last very nearly 10 years. Every single Monday morning without fail, except for the the very few occasions where we fail because of a bank holiday and such. Exactly. But we're here now, JB barefooted in the rugby dungeon. Obviously. How are we? Resplendent bare feet. Yeah, well the uh, cameras are off so um, (laughs) the people that like this thing can't, well can't see. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, well, keep an eye out for JB's new OnlyFans channel starting soon. Um, <laughs> Phil, how are you doing? Happy birthday, Phil. Happy birthday, Phil. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, JB. My special day. Yeah, I should have whipped you up a um, Porta Tonico or a uh, oh. Negroni, actually. Oh, maybe, maybe not after last week. <laughs> yes. Uh, do, do you know, my dopamine levels have been shot. Or I've not been motivated to do anything until about Wednesday. Uh, uh, Phil, have you seen all the, the messages? <laughs> I've <laughs> seen been a lot of messages this week about, about you. I've seen a few of them. Uh, I did have a few beers last, well, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah, I don't... No, I might... no, no, no. If they want to know, we'll put it one day on the, pa- on the Patreon podcast and they can sign up. Yeah. Like anyone else. That's well, a good yeah, idea. Pay us. Pay well, us maybe, money. Maybe. So we are going to do a Patreon podcast today aren't we we are maybe we should just mention a few of the highlights from uh, our sunday okay fine. Last week. We are, uh, well, and, the, and the aftermath well, all <laughs> the I'll say, week. before we get on with this podcast all i will say in relation to last week's podcast is the very first thing nick mullin said to me when i saw him at twickenham yesterday is how's phil <laughs> 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 nick's into something like oh nick uh, i'm okay it's on on the monday i was feeling a bit delicate on the monday and in the evening i was absolutely exhausted hmm. and i just decided I've got to go down to the gym. I've got to do something. Yeah. I've got to do something to get my heart rate up, to sweat it out. And I had a gym session. I felt terrible in the gym. I felt terrible afterwards. But then every day I got a little bit better. Yeah, I've been the same. I I, I skipped. I don't really usually skip days. I skipped Monday. Oh, skipped Monday. But back on it every day from Tuesday. Got no Good sympathy. Work. And uh, <laughs> let, let's move on. Yes, uh, absolutely. So you, you could thank you for listening. As I say, we, we're here every Monday morning and. Uh, if you appreciate that, and if we've earned, we, if we haven't already earned your subscription wherever you get your podcast. Maybe this is the mo- the time we're going to earn that subscription. We really appreciate it, or a five star review, uh, or as uh, Phil has already alluded to, patreon.com forward slash Egg Chasers for oh, extra content. And we've got new members of the Egg Chasers family. We've got two new members signed up this week for the Egg Chaser Veterans Tens. Actually, awesome! No, four new members, two from the podcast, and. Two absolute ringers. I just need awesome. to be clear because I saw Captain Lee at Twickenham yesterday. I, I, I know. Did you're definitely coming to the Friday night as well for we, the North Dorset Sevens? What to defend my to title? Defend your title. Yeah. Good. Right. Fine. Yes. Excellent. That's a good question. Actually, when is it, 
<laughs> when is it? I'm in Rosedale Abbey, North Yorkshire. Oh, you can skip that, can't you? But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Maybe. there this time. I'm there this time. I was on British and Irish Lions duty last time, so I can't right, brag. <laughs> uh, so, um, right. So ninth of July. Ninth of July. You can't right. make that one, yeah? No, that's the one I can't. You know, the reason oh. I know it's that weekend is because I can't make that weekend. Can you make the Friday though, can't you? No, because that's the Friday. So I'm, I'm Saturday to Saturday, second to the ninth. Oh man! So I leave North, uh, Rosedale Abbey at mid afternoon oh. on the ninth. I mean, I what? think my ten tries in the North Dorset Sevens veterans would probably be enough to tip us over the edge, but I can't guarantee. It. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to uh, join our team, there are still spots available for the for the veterans on the Friday in Gillingham in Dorset for the the social team for the first team. If you're elite level, Rob Vickerman, you might get in if you want. It, if you get in touch, <laughs> for example, uh, contact edchasers at gmail dot com. Uh, FYI, Rob Vickerman drew up our seven strategy. Which uh, mm. was victorious in the whatever cup that we ended up in. Uh, the one oh, over there. Both, the one, the, both, the one both, there. Which both trophies that we're probably, looking at there. Probably displayed. Right. Uh, so on this podcast, we're going to preview the Champions Cup final. We're going to look at the top four race in the Premiership and uh, the, the Premiership in general that just happened over the weekend. The other rugby stories with an England squad being announced. With and and what what I'm going to say is, I predict, although I don't know, but it's just a prediction. The end of this podcast. Could get a little bit spicy. It might do. It I, might do. I think we might we might unleash JB <laughs> and just let him go because there's been a few things that have. Uh, well, it's not just JB. I think to a greater or lesser degree, there's been. Well, a few, I mean, there's been a few frustrating things watching from the sidelines. Yeah, the, basically, we'll talk about the treatment of the poor treatment of James Haskell and other and other and, and other things and other yeah. things. And there's been a bit of eye rolling in the week about certain things from my side. But we'll mention that but towards you know, the end. My eyes did not roll this weekend watching the premiership. Actually, oh, yeah. Actually, do you know we've having this discussion right about uh, which is the most competitive league? Well, and it's the premiership. Top 14, yeah, but carry on. Well, <laughs> I think I've got Absolute nail down proof that the <laughs> premiership is another another engineered metric. No, 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 no. no, no. This is this is. If this doesn't sway you, nothing will. Go on. If the premiership wasn't that competitive, why did Worcester win the premiership cup? <laughs> <laughs> another, another one in the bank for dimes. Because because they had some a bit of tomfoolery over that premiership game against Gloucester so they could get a team out on the semi final match. I don't know. What yeah, went no- on. nothing says competitive league like. Uh, not turning up for a game <laughs> so you can win an adjacent trophy. Uh, it says Premiership on it. It says Premiership. It's a Premiership <laughs> game. It's run by the Premiership. As far as I'm concerned, this is cast iron proof. But that, Dimes has worked out the, the secret formula, the secret source to win yeah. the Premiership Cup. Just start your best team in every single game. Yeah. Well, in fairness to him, there is a serious point to the Premiership Cup, and there's not many times I say that. But if you want just something, a building block, something to hang your hat on, you don't get many chances, particularly if you're Worcester to win any silver, you're not winning the Premiership. Didn't Saracens and Exeter both win it before they went on to win other trophies? Yeah, uh, and I think the Tigers win it uh, as well, that, yeah, before they, they nosedived. I'm sure Tom Brady scored in the final. He did score in the final. That rings a bell. Actually. We can talk about like the the spirit that it's played, and different teams approach it in different ways, but when, uh, this just goes back to the broader point, and to your point about the competitiveness of the Premiership, when there is no jeopardy of relegation, Worcester can, for whatever reason and in whatever manner, they cannot fulfil a Premiership fixture, but a few uh, a few days later, fulfil a Premiership Cup fixture with a with a stronger team as they can put out. Well, I don't and, know. And we'll have to wait for the full report to come out. Well, we got the full report. The there full will, report. There will then be the uh, fine process, yeah. which. 
the full report was very interesting. <laughs> um, it didn't cover Worcester in glory, that. No. Oh, that's all right, they've got silverware. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to read that report because I, I could see Worcester, we, we spoke about figures, and in, indeed in some of the text messages or WhatsApp messages in that were um, disclosed as part of that uh, first report, the figure of £250,000 was banded about as the potential impact to maybe, Gloucester. Maybe, maybe they could smelt down the Premiership Cup and <laughs> <laughs> get some of that money back from that. Yeah. So let's talk about this game. So there's a few things I'd like to talk about. Which game? The Premiership Cup game, Premiership Final. We've got to talk about finals. Uh, no, 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 yeah, no. We, we, we can talk about that in a bit. Well, hang on. First of all, okay. Is it, is it brief? What you're, yeah, you're saying? Well, it's I, as brief well. as you make it. <laughs> um, Tuesday night rugby was ace. Yeah, you can agree on that. Agreed. Quite, quite I mean, I think we need a midweek rugby game for the for the Premiership. Uh, well, I, and I've talked about it again. What they do in France it's Thursday, Thursday night. So do you like the NFL have the weekend, then bolt on the Monday night? I'd have one championship game on a Monday night. No, I don't, I'm not one watching on championship. I don't have time for that. No, I don't I have do. time to, to pay attention to that. I'd watch rugby on a Monday night or a Thursday night. The more you move away from the weekend, the yes. cr- more you impact the, the team's ability to play the following weekend. So Monday or Thursday, game happy on. with that. Yeah, yeah I, I just think there's something that we need to do. It just felt good. It, you know, I had a bit of time to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Now... The interesting part of this, I guess, would be Paddy Jackson, who in extra... Well, there's two, two bits. First of all, the, I've never seen a team win a game giving away as many penalties as Worcester did. But, but I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about this game. <laughs> Why? It's not interesting. It is interesting. Compared to the Premiership and to, compared to the Champions Cup final. It's, it's a like, final. Like in, in terms of the, like where we're ranking and prioritising what we're talking about, fine, we'll talk about it. And, but, pa- but, and, like, and Paddy Jackson's, ki- on, Paddy Jackson's kicking... Okay, he, yeah, he missed some penalties. What a shame. No, a shame right, that, that, right. Everything you find in, in interesting today, I'm just going to say it's not interesting. That's what I'm going to do. No, come on. Well, we talked about what we were going to talk about on the pod, and this was not, you know, this was not what we talked about. We had a, a pod meeting, and we I discussed lots You've of things. You just ambushed me with yeah. Premiership Cup. I, I, and the other thing is, I think, I think Dimes might have shot all of his props now. I, I think he might have actually <laughs> had, a, like, had a meeting and just machine gunned them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the problem with them for the uh, cancelled Premiership fixture, yeah. evidently, he then... No one who cancelled. I'd, I'd be embarrassed to take them anywhere. <laughs> I, I've, actually, I've got an apology to make before we do anything, actually. Okay. Uh, and this is a sincere apology, uh, apology I need to make to one of our listeners who was at Twickenham yesterday. Uh, Rich, he's a Kiwi, uh, he's a referee, his club is Ealing, he was uh, he was there yesterday and he came over to my position where I was sat, oh, uh, yeah. just on the halfway line with my monitor, and he went, Tim, let the boys play, and, and handed me a beer. Awesome. Nice. And I had to say, Rich, it's so nice to meet you, I'm really sorry, I can't. I'm on I the clock. I'm on, that's exactly what I said, I'm on the, I'm on the clock, I can't. I, and it was a hot day, I would love nothing more. Hang on, do BT Sport have drinking policies? Well, I don't know, but I don't think it's a great look. Well, you to always be, to be hang no- on to be knocking back a beer when I'm working. If, it, if there's any kids listening, this would you a- do it in an IFA meeting with a new client? If they gave me a beer, I would. <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't give me a beer, it'd be a bit weird to just you know. If you bought your own beers to be to your sport, <laughs> it would be weird. Stone so Cold gives you a beer. Them. I mean. Uh-huh. There's an Australian Prime Minister that's seen necking a beer in the cricket. And yeah. there's been a few, it hasn't there. Yeah. Oh, if I was, I, at, if I, I was watching a game of rugby and someone came up, I'd knock it, I'd, I'd give them the full show. I'd do, well, I'd if, do the one second. Was that, was it, what, when was it during the game? Was it half time? It was, it was, it, it was uh, just into the second half. Yeah, I think that is too early. I think, it's, I think after you've done your post match interviews, yes. I think you're basically <laughs> off the clock and you can, yeah. you can have a beer then. So if there's any kids listening, 
this is a lesson you need to learn and take with you uh, going forward. Always ask for forgiveness, never ask for permission. <laughs> You've always begged for, for your job back. Although imagine if it's spiked. <laughs> banter. Absolute banter. banter. <laughs> what, watch me get Tim Cocker. <laughs> Oh, uh, that would have been. By the way, that's not banter. Never do that. No, never Absol- do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's happened to me. It's one of the worst things that, that you can do. Another one I met. Just I was walking to the train uh, to Twickenham train station, and I was just getting on, and I just got. A, I walked past someone who went Tim, and it was a, a, a listener, Ashley, um, who's, Ash? from, who's from South Wales, and he says uh, I, he, you'd like him a lot. I, I think bet. Um, and and he's, he's a defected Welshman. Oh, good. He says he's a sort of self-loathing Welshman, paediatrician, doing a PhD in London, Lewis Ludlow man crush, and a, a thoroughly lovely man. Got, we've got some great listeners about him. And we just... Excellent. I can't, I can't wait to get out and see more. That's it looked like a really good day. At, it, it was brilliant. Twickenham. Fair play, Quinns. They yeah. put on a show. Hell, hell of a turnout. Beautiful weather. And a remarkable game, although Quinns will obviously want to forget that first half, but they'll want to remember that second yeah, half. Well, don't they want to forget most of their first halves? Isn't that... Well, they just... What they do? They they, they are... They're never beaten. They no. They find themselves in these positions, what is it, 24-7 at half-time, and they've not played much good rugby at all. A few moments of Danny Care magic. But um, they just don't know how to lose games like that. And Gloucester, the second half, they... They felt like they were under. Pre- they felt like they were under the pressure of getting into the top four. It, it weighed heavy on them. Yeah, well, it has been that's five away defeats in a row. Um, they've, they've they've been on a bad run, mm. and I think it it was just symptomatic. I mean, there were a bunch of Gloucester players who've never been to Twickenham, let alone played there. Yeah, mm. and uh, I think the the inexperience in that side, and maybe that's something for George Skivington to think about if he's recruiting. A, a lot of their guys have. Like like Chris Harris has become very experienced whilst he's been there, but maybe I'm just thinking about when you go back to Jamie George and the Vunapolas and uh, and Owen Farrell and, and all that lot coming through at Saracens, they had a Scout Brits and a Scout Burger, and they had they mm-hmm. had the they had the odd a Jack Burger. They had, they had a few characters like that that you can well you can just it, when when you're really struggling, you, you you look to guys and go, we're all right. So someone like. And it's a very astute signing from Ulster. Someone like Dwayne Vermaelen, who is yes. such an experienced <laughs> old head. I mean, you say astute. I don't know how astute you need to be to sign Dwayne Vermaelen. <laughs> I well, think to, I'd to well. get him, winning mutant to, number eight. Yeah, to get to, yeah. to, to get him yeah. is you have to be astute to get him because most teams in the world would want him. I'll give you an astute signing. Okay, it would be Leicester Tigers of Jimmy Gopeth. And I think if you're going to be signing players with extreme experience, you need to be in the area of the market where these guys are not going to be around for much longer because the salary cap is biting. So I just don't think it's going to be an option to go out and sign, you know, whoever it is that you're thinking, unless you do it early doors. But in the off-season now, when everyone's done their business, there's going to be a lot of players which are without contracts. And you've got to sift through them and find the next... In fact, I'm I'm going to use Leicester Tigers for three examples. You know, an Ashton or a Mm. Wigglesworth or a Gopeth. I mean, yeah, they're not at the prime of their career, but... They have experience. Any one of those could add to Gloucester. Equally, maybe there will be, inversely, uh, the two things you'll need to do in future is, one, get a number of your signings done very early. Yep. Secondly, actually leave some cap space and see what value you can get out of all the guys That's that have flooded, flooded the market. I mean, Exeter, for example, are talking to Christian Wade. Oh, they? For example. 
Nice. Um, I did but see I, that he was back in the UK this week. I bet you there are some really good players that you can get a snip of their of their value because they just there isn't the spots for them. Yeah, just wait and see. It's, a, it's I've never I've not thought of that that, that angle yet. And I think later on we'll probably talk about the raft of Premiership players who are going to be without a job in the next couple of weeks because they're all releasing them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Phil just mentioned Ulster and we got an email from Ed Whelan. Contact Ed Whelan. Contact Chasers at gmail.com. He says, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, cards on the table. Leinster fan. Well, Ed, we'll be talking about the Champions Cup final in a bit. Uh, just finished watching Phil's mighty Ulster. Pride, Ulster. Mm. Uh, defeat the Sharks. I remain surprised that JB, who loves South African rugby players, possibly as much as Razzie Erasmus, doesn't like the league with four South African teams. Okay, yeah, but it's, it's also got four Welsh teams and two Italian teams. <laughs> so, uh, but, about. He says, but the reason I'm contacting you is not to eulogise the great game that took place at Ravenhill, but to bring your attention to a moment which entirely justifies Phil's selection to support Ulster. Uh, it's a picture which I took off the telly, which captures the moment just after the Sharks scored their final try. An Ulster fan turned to a Sharks fan to shake his hand after a try well scored. That's why rugby is the game I love. Hope to see you boys on a future Tier 2 tour for much rugby nausing. Keep up the good work, blah, blah, blah. It is quite a nice picture, actually. Nice yeah. touch. Mm. I like and, it. And it was, it was well a good done, game. well done. Good try. I've got to say, I, looked, I was watching scores. I didn't watch the game. I had other things to do. I looked at the two teams. It's a bloody good Bulls team that you beat. Sharks. Sharks, sorry. Sharks. <laughs> it is a very good Sharks team. Uh, a few World Cup winners yeah, in there. Yeah, like, know him, know him, know, yeah. know him. Lucano Am, yeah. Sierkalisi, Detoy... Bonambi, Bongo and Bonambi. I, I thought the agreement was uh, nobody takes teams away with them, but that's not seems to well, have happened. Full, it's a full strength Sharks team, and it does. I mean, the the top eight teams, certainly the top six teams in the uh, Ultimate Rugby Fighting Championship. Yeah. I think it's officially called. They are serious teams. So it is. It's three Irish teams and three South African teams. Yeah. It's Leinster, Stormers, Ulster, Bulls, Sharks. If they had that as the top league and there's other and another and then six, or the, seven and seven, then the seventh and eights are Edinburgh and Glasgow. Yeah, they're you, decent. You get into and then you get into the. It's almost like the uh, Welsh teams and the Italian like teams. F one, isn't it? Where the teams finished or the drivers finished depending on what car that they drive. <laughs> so you get like the Mercedes one, two, Red Bull three, yeah. four, whatever. You know, just as you know, it's a direct reflection on how well the union is uh, is run. We now know. So that was the final round of the season. Um, we now know the top eight teams which go to the playoffs yeah. and it is three Irish three South African and the two Scottish teams they have the distinct displeasure of travelling to Leinster and uh, Cape Town oh, congratulations <laughs> well, Edinburgh gets to go to Cape Town which is not a bad little jaunt how they're losing well, it's nice. yeah. they can just yeah. have a they'll, they'll, their end of season do will be good say, their end of season do will be good <laughs> on Long Street, that's what they'll be it, thinking in, it's in like Cape that. Town that's, uh, yeah that's Oh my god! Yeah, you can I'd have happen- a summer holiday. Uh, I'd just like losing in Cape Town, lads. Yeah. We are not. We are not losing this. We, we are not winning. We are not winning this. We're staying in Cape Town for the next two town. weeks. I do not want to train next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alternatively, if you win and your next game is in Cape Town, that's one hell of an incentive. Yeah. Mm. So either or. In fact, Durban's pretty cool as well. Uh, by the way, just to highlight the, the, how unbelievable Leinster are, a backup Leinster team be a very good monster team well this kind of makes my point about how not competitive the league is doesn't <laughs> it really if the backup well if the backup first team we 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 agree with you with yeah. with that league yeah uh, that's uh, the point yeah, yeah let me let me jump back to uh twickenham and uh, just one player I, i'll pick out there were some a lot of great performers but joe marchant 
I was mm. th- thinking of the England squad, and I thought I thought this a little bit through the Six Nations. I don't think Manu Tuolangi on merit deserves to be in the England squad. He and, deserves and, to be nowhere near. And it. Joe Marchant is a player who makes me not worried about whether or not Manu. He is fit. so. He's just so slick, isn't he? Yeah. He doesn't yeah. make mistakes. He is constantly, constantly doing good things. Weirdly, for such a good player, I don't think he stands out in that Quinns team as much as he does actually. But as much as certainly um, the two wingers, uh, mind, mind you, what huge, about? Huge they all stand out. Yeah, they do. They all stand they, out. Yeah, when you just Marchand say that back line, yeah, Danny Kerr, Marcus Smith, Andre Esterhazen, Joe Marchant, Lewis, Caden Murley, yeah. Hugh Jones, or Tyron Green. Maybe it's Esterhazen that's not standing out at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. One of them's not standing out at the moment. Compared well, to when others. one of them doesn't, someone else does. That's but, yeah, what's as I cool said, I was them. thinking, didn't Marge <laughs> just score that wonder try when he um... he scored two great tries yesterday? And what was yeah. the wonder one he got? The wonder one for Hugh Jones. Oh, was, oh yeah. yeah. He oh. throws it over his shoulder, does he? Or no, there's some tiptoeing going on or something. I can't there was remember. the there was the chip when he gathers it. He gathers it above his head as he's going into touch. That's it. Oh, he takes one step and then goes into touch and throws it blind over his head to Hugh That's Jones. Right. Yeah. He, uh, he's playing some very good rugby. Attack and defence as well. Yeah, well, he's a good all-round player. And though, his partnership with Henry Slade, I really like the look of. Yeah, I agree with that. And give credit to Eddie Jones. I think Eddie Jones is a fan. You know, Eddie Jones seems to have identified that because I wouldn't have said he was the outstanding player last year or the year before. But he definitely seems to have stepped it up a gear. But Marchant is omitted from the England squad. It's a bit of a weird squad because there's certain guys who you'd expect to be in there who are not in there, like Marchant, who are will be involved in the semi-final and final. But Lewis Liner is in the squad, obviously Quinns, and Marcus Smith is in the squad, obviously Quinns. Yeah. And then there's other guys who are not involved in any knockout rugby who are not in there, like Kyle Sinclair or Henry Slade, for example. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a weird mix. Now it is, I think this is a 36-man squad for a, a short camp this week. I'm thinking about the Barbarians. And then leading up to the Barbarians. Uh, so he was getting a look at some so other guys. Is this one view. of Eddie's camps where he randomly selects someone to mentally break? Yes. And you, effect. He's going to test Henry Arundel. To yeah, for whatever reason it is, he's going to you know say, have a beer, mate. No, don't have a beer, mate. Or what? Well, you know, he, whatever he, it is. Do you see who he compared Henry Arundel to? I did. Matt uh, Gitto. Gitto, he said, not in the way he plays, Uh-oh. but in his... In the way he's going to treat him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in potential. In, well, in, and his um, his preference to attack, his like consistent oh, he got will it. to attack. Oh, didn't he, or something? I can't remember the exact phrasing, but he compared it to Gitto in not his play, but his determination to attack at all times. Um, Matt Gitto is probably Eddie Jones's big... Find as an Indian yeah, player, say so. one, yeah, well, and one of those, Marcus Smith, yeah, one yeah, of the fourteen-year-old at Brighton School. That one, take him. Um, but it, so there's ten, ten uncapped players in the squad, some of whom have been in squads before. Um, but the ten uncapped players are, if I read them out, Alfie Barbary, Barbary, he's been in squads he will, before. He will. It's not a test cap, is it, against Barbarians? But he will play. Uh, yeah, uh, he will. So there's Alfie Barbary, Lewis Liner, um, and Henry Arundel. Obviously, that's three. Yeah, Lewis Liner's obviously been in squads before. Um, uh, a, a positive COVID test potentially um, prevented him from going oh. uh, to the Italy game, I think it was. Who else is uncapped in? Well, Dolly would have been, but he's injured. No, Dolly's, oh, Dolly's been capped. Dolly's been capped. But he is in he's, the squad. He had a really bad his injury. Name, he yeah. was in the squad. His he had a really bad injury. Did he? Yeah, yeah really. he's not playing again for no. a while. Uh, Charlie Yules is in again. Can uh, we just speak about Charlie Yules for a second? Of course we can. Uh, so I only watched the highlights of the Bath 
London Irish game, which looked quite entertaining and a good win for Bath. Did you see the Trello use yellow card? No, but mm. I understand he did get one. Oh my god, he's so dull. It's so stupid. Well, even for the cleverest <laughs> and best leader <laughs> since Joe Hooper, it's just a off the ball, <laughs> uh, just off the ball, no arms, and not even not even a like headshot. It's just a. It's it's kind of similar to what happened with um, R- Ryan as uh, the. Leinster and Ireland second row he just basically does it again just a, no arms off the ball it's not head to head this one it's a shoulder to head the boys are like and he gets a yellow card I, for no so, reason after about 15 minutes he's had so many yellow cards and they continue to continue to pick him everyone continue, continues to pick him he must be an incredible trainer yeah, yeah. all I can say so allegedly the chat around him is that he really studies lineouts. but so do I <laughs> yeah, I'm, you're not going to play me in national lock, and, and you shouldn't, shouldn't do it for him either. Oh, Jack Willis uh, has got a cap. Oh, he's got a cap. Yeah, of course he has. Uh, okay, uh, Tom Willis. No, no, not in there. I don't. I, I wouldn't mind him. So there. there's a, f- a few um, uncapped players who've been in previous squads. Oh, how on is it? No, it's not him. A few uh, others, and there's a, there's one, two, three. F- there's four who, as far as I'm aware, have not been in any other squad. Some more. Jeez, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, Orlando Bailey. Orlando Bailey, yeah. Good shout. So he's, he is one who has been in previous squads. Got the winning kick against London Irish as well. Uh, and it's some nice touches as well. Yeah. I have no idea. Oh, um, some of the other London Irish boys. Oh, Stokes uh, or something like um, that. McGuigan. McGuigan. George uh, McGuigan, yes. who I'm sure yeah, has been in previous squads as well a, a while ago. Yeah. But. One of them scored a wonderful try this weekend. How would, how are the Irish going to play? Parton, Hassel, Collins, Arundel, uh, all, all Ben Loader. Yeah, Ben Loader's great. Yeah, Stokes, um, Kyle Rowe. Yeah, got got loads of outside options. Uh, so the other ones you've not mentioned: Tom Pearson, London Irish. Oh yeah, seven, Cardiff Met. Um, Jack Van Portfleet is in the squad. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of time for him. Fraser Dingwall. Yep, who, yeah, he's has, been having a good season, and he's been in previous squads. He has, and, and he's he plays a lot of his rugby at twelve, which there aren't many options at yeah, twelve. There aren't many yeah, people who uh, play deal. significant game time in the Premiership True. at twelve. Will Joseph is in there. That's a surprise. Yeah, hang on, is that Jonathan Joseph's brother? Yes, yes. is it's it London Irish? London Irish. Yeah, 13. there's no denying that they are brothers. Have yeah. you seen him? Yes, I have. <laughs> wow, he, he looks like. Nineteen-year-old Jonathan Joseph. You know what, if they can get a player who's I don't know eighty percent what Jonathan Joseph was in his prime, take him, mm. take him, and it's a good chance that he might be eighty percent of what Jonathan Joseph is. And any others? The one last one scored a wonderful try, a brilliant, brilliant line from a tip-on pass from Mike Haywood this weekend. If either of you watched the yeah, Saracens I, Northampton oh, game, oh uh, Tom Jane is no, it James or that, the other one. Um, the winger. Winger fullback. Yeah, oh, like Freeman. Tommy, Tommy Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, good player. What a line Very that was. intelligent player. Great. Reads the game. He, and he, um, right towards the end, um, took a crossfield kick from Bigger and set up Tom James. So yeah. I, think it, I think it was the final try. I like Tom James. Although those three tries in the last 10 minutes came so fast. What is that? I, I stopped watching. So I was on the train. I was on the train back and thought, "Oh, this is this is just all over." I mean, it was all over, it was all over. but it was just a bonkers last ten minutes. Well, it was it was a game. It was described after the game as a game of two halves, but no. it was it, but it was obviously a game, it was a game of, of two quarters. halves. Well, it was a game of one half and then two quarters. Yeah, because the, 
the it second was a half, half of two halves. Yeah, it was a half of two halves. The second half was crazy because Saracens left so many points um, on the table in that first half. By the way, Theo McFarlane's try. Right. <laughs> I was trying to work out who played well for the Saracens. Um, Nick, well, Tom- Nick Tompkins, Tompkins played yeah. really well. Tompkins should have been man of the him. match. I thought, yeah, he should have been man of the match, definitely. I, I was watching and thinking, I can't believe I was saying bad things about him last week. Um, yeah, he, he was doing things, just things you don't see in the Premiership because space isn't available and he was doing them consistently. He was, or Tompkins was absolutely awesome. The reason I think he didn't get man of the match was because of his incident with, it was Matt Carley. Do you hear oh, Matt yeah. Carley say, what are you screaming about? Yeah. Why are you screaming at me? Yeah, he is a little bit feisty. Uh, Baron McGuigan found out this, the, the hard way for Red Carl. Uh, yeah, Tompkins can really wind people up. Uh, but, another another one who's playing so well for Saracens, Owen Farrell. Some of his passing is just awesome. Well, I mean, he put one <laughs> over the head for um, he put one over Good's head, which Good managed to scoop in and then tr- and then uh, split <laughs> off the pass. And he also had a high shot. Farrell's playing but brilliantly. He was, do you know, they were they were brilliant. I can't deny it. They were absolutely brilliant. They, they took the ball to the line well. They, I tell you what, Farrell did really well. Is he kept his he kept his options open, mm. and. The other thing he did, which I thought, I don't know if it... Oh, yeah, because on one occasion, sorry, to, to yeah. that point, I remember he took one of those Jules Plisson-type tackles from Courtney Laws because he was playing so flat mm. and, and leaving the pass so late. He took a couple of times. He absolutely got annihilated by Courtney Laws. And I, I just watched the little pile on the floor as the game moved on. I just could see in the corner of the screen, Courtney Laws just checking you. You're right. <laughs> You're right. You're right, Captain. I think, I, well, You're I right, think Courtney quite likes cap- the captaincy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's probably deliberate. Um, yeah, the, he just holds the ball on the inside. Basically, whatever he's showing you, he's not going to do that to start with. Yeah. But they but did but play they, really well. The, one of the best things about Saracens, when and they didn't play well in that first half, but when they were in their pomp for the for the uh, first quarter of the second half, um, the it's not just Farrell who can do that. You've got other guys, and like the the Jamie George tip on to who was it that came through? Was it Shegun? Yes, who came through the middle that set up the Lewington try um, later on. And Mako does it beautifully. Shagan's keeping great mates and Livington out of the 15. Which is quite something. Mm. about lads of experience. There's two right there. Well, Shagan was MVP in terms of um, stats for the game. 154 metres and seven defenders beaten. Not bad, is it? For his work. Handy. If that was a fantasy rugby draft, you'd be ticking oh, a box they there. To, they need to get the premiership back this um, year. Fantasy rugby draft. What was... Uh, Tom, Tom, Tompkins must have had some ridiculous stats. Huh? 107 metres, uh, four clean breaks, uh, five defenders beaten, and one offload. I mean, if you're... Yeah, that's a, it's a hard game to win, isn't it, if you're letting two players do that to you? Well, so 107 metres made from nine carries with ball in hand... Which He's three times better than Jamie Roberts. Four plus that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way better than Jamie Roberts. Crikey. Amazing. Yeah, they they played outstandingly. Um, Theo McFarlane looks like an absolute superstar in the making. Ezekiel uh, put in some... Fair play to the scout who got him from MLR, by the way. Is that where he was? Yep. Yeah, well, I Just, suspect there might be something special about him when the commentators early doors, not this game, but in the early on the season, kept on mentioning his basketball, and you know, he's a, he reminds me of a version of Mike Michael Rhodes. Is that is that a guy? Yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike Rhodes. How on? I'm thinking of the, the yeah, 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 the Saracens. No, I was thinking of who I could slash lock, who I nearly got him confused with, but that's fine. Michael Rhodes. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's tall, pretty fast, pretty athletic, good in the line out. 
probably much better, better hands, to be fair. Yeah. Well, uh, as we saw from one of his and, tries, yeah. we just... Now, his second try, we need to have words about this. That's unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. He slowed down in order to, to get that finish. That's, that, that's, not, <laughs> that's not good. Well, I don't know when he did his hamstring, but he hurt his hamstring at some point making that try. He, so, he, so it could have been 20 metres out. He, he could have cruised in. He had that in mind. I'm going to head to the corner and dive over. He slowed down for that. No time for whatsoever. Highlight reel, contract negotiation. Let's squeeze all the value I can. Yes. Yeah, he's off to France. Good luck, boys. <laughs> um, speaking of. Amazing. I know he was playing six, wasn't he? But he can play six or second row. Another amazing six or second row try and finish, not in this game, but in the Gloucester Quinns game, Freddie Clark. Yes, oh, I saw yeah. the Freddie Clark try. That was awesome. Yeah, loved, loved that and loved the... It was Carreras wearing 15 who kind of breaks through and then just steps in as oh, Clark then, loops round and then a blind over-the-shoulder so pass. So good. For him to gallop in. Gallop in past... Lewis Liner, who couldn't couldn't keep up with it well. And apparently, what I like about Freddie Clark, allegedly, is the ultimate fan-style rugby norse. He's like a fan who's found himself playing rugby, and he loves it. He's awesome. He, a couple of seasons ago in Fantasy Rugby Draft, every time he was playing, he would just make metres. He would. His stats were really good. He can carry. Yeah, Secret, I remember that. Secretly, very, he's got very nice. unbelievable engine as well. He works mm. so hard. So I've got a lot of time for him. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just because you, you mentioned Santi Carreras, former Sevens uh, player for Argentina. Oh, so c- <laughs> can we just talk about England v Argentina? Where do you stand on that Sevens debacle? So if you didn't, is it a Premiership game? <laughs> uh, it's Premiership Rugby Cup. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it going to affect the top four? It, it's it, it's <laughs> just a, it's just a quick ethical conundrum, right? So, uh, uh, pool game, final pool game, England playing Argentina. England just need to score. England need to score. Yeah. yeah so Argentina need need to win, but points difference is important to them. England need to. They basically just need to score to overtake Canada on yes, points difference. Correct. With two minutes to go, two and a half minutes to go, yeah. Will Will Homer <coughs> uh, scores a ninety meter try eventually. Well, but he runs ninety meters, and the Argentines, the Argentine captain, was basically ordering players back from going to tackle Will Homer. He was stood over the over oh, the dead it. ball line for with over, the referee stood next over to him. two yeah. minutes. Yeah, the Argentine players wanted to tackle him, and their captain was saying no because if the ball comes back into play. We then could, we, we, could could concede, we could concede another try. So as it was standing, both teams were going to progress. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's one of these weird so detente where... Will Homer doesn't play, right? So he, he just he just, stands he just stands in the dead ball area. Under the, under the go- and then he, he moves <laughs> just outside, he moves into the field of play for a minute, for only about what a yard. Was, so what was the end result for both teams? So they both, they both, both teams through. qualify. Fair's fair. So it's, it's, a weird, it's an incredibly weird situation. So England... They did the sensible law? thing. Yeah, there, there's nothing in the laws against it. The the sensible game theory thing for both teams is to do exactly what they've done because of the laws and the scoring. Therefore, we can't complain it that what they did feels all they kinds did. of wrong, though, doesn't it? It feels like sort of in a match fixing y kind of it way. It does feel a little bit match fixy. Well, it is match fixing. It literally is. It, it? is. It, is. it literally is match fixing. It's, it's agreeing, it's basically between them. We'll agree the outcome of, 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 of this game. I mean, it's on the fly match fixing. It's not yeah, premeditated yeah. match, match so, fixing. So it's, so it's not a law, but the, the principle of rugby, the. I don't have. The, I don't. No, no. The basis on which the game is played is that it is a it is a contest 
for for possession, and I think it's let's, let's be clear. The basis of the game is the game is fifteen men aside with with eight men in yeah. the scrum. So what they do in the sevens pitch is completely. Absurd. <laughs> <laughs> it was just quite an interesting conundrum, uh, but it, it, it will not happen often enough for anyone to care. But yeah, it might, um, it might do though. You know, it might they're do. all quite wily. It's it might, sevens. It might you might introduce. What would we might solve it by introducing a maximum amount of time? Yeah, because yeah. like there's a maximum amount of time to take a kick. So but once it's an open play, though. So if you've crossed the goal line, once you've crossed the goal you, I line, I guess you've got to put it down. You have to uh, unless you stop moving. I think you, I think you can legitimately world rugby could legitimately say you have to att- you have to contest for possession of the ball, and if you deliberately don't, and it's, it's like your thing about the um, I don't know what American lawyers or, so, or something like you know it when you see it. Yeah, kind of yeah. Uh, uh, the um, definition of pornography. Yeah. in the uh, Supreme Court. <laughs> we'll know when we see it. Yeah. Uh, so on that, I mean, there would be some logic, wouldn't there? If you are confident in scoring a try, for instance, and you were four points ahead, but Exeter are camped on your line and you know they can keep the ball for the next three minutes till full time, you might want them to score just right now and then go back. Because that, that, it's not quite the same with rugby, because rugby can turn it over and whatnot. In American football, that's actually relatively common. People yeah. say, yeah, just, just, just score. Score, give the ball to our quarterback, we'll control the clock. Yeah, because con- uh, possession is far more secure in American football. Yeah. Now, with sevens, now, I don't think this will ever happen with fifteens, because you're so focused on the game that you're playing. But with sevens, maybe there's a point here, which is they are not necessarily as focused on that game as, well, sorry, let's put it another way. They are more focused on the rest of their tournament because they play so many games in one day. Yeah. So they're well aware of what's going to happen right now and how it's going to affect the next game and the game after that. So potentials happen again, but the fact it hasn't happened so far, I won't worry about it. Just yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, I could see an easy tweak being brought in to solve it. But what would your rule be? You, as soon as you're over the game, over the try line, you've got to score unless you're heading underneath the posts. At which point you've got uh, to yeah, score. Yeah, you've got your you... movement. Yeah, you've got as soon as you're stationary. Yeah, once you cross the dead ball line, you've got to score within five seconds. Then, within a- then someone could just stop on the five meter line and turn around and look. I yes. think I think you actually put the onus on the defensive players, and you have to say you have to make a positive attempt to to win possession of the ball, which means you cannot stand still. You would have to move in some capacity, even if you were walking. You'd have to move yeah, towards the, the ball. ball. It's up to you what you do with it. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so the defenders to manipulate. Put the onus on the defenders. Yeah. yeah. It was quite an unusual and interesting one, anyway. It's it's incredible to watch because everyone's trying to work out what's going on. Will Homer doesn't really know what's going on. The referee seemed to be telling him, "Come on, mate, put the ball I'm down. Glad, Come I'm on." Glad, I'm glad we spent uh, seven minutes on um, this, but not not Premiership Cup. <laughs> With all the we we spent at least seven minutes and, on the Premiership Cup and all the players. I, uh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, Saracens were excellent. Harlequins were excellent. They've got third ball. I'll tell you what. Here's a way to we could just sort of look at the Premiership and where it stands and what games happen over the weekend. Um, I'm working on round 26 of the Premiership Ooh. in two, two weeks' time. Two weeks' time, and I don't know what game, and I don't think anyone knew what game it would be because BT Sport were waiting for this round of games before they pick their televised games. So I'm going to make you two, Phil and JB. I'm going to make you guys the. Uh, Head on show executives. Yeah. Do we get the, executive the same producer, salary? Yeah. Executive producer, uh, BT Sport Rugby, and you get to pick. What would you televise? So the fixtures. I'll go through them. Uh, first fixture, last year's final. This wasn't it. Exeter Chiefs versus Harlequins. That's got to be it, hasn't it? Uh, I'd say so. I'd say so. Well, well there's, what, there's nothing on it now, is there? Well, Harlequins. Um, Harlequins can't be caught in third place 
They are nine points clear of Northampton, and they're eight points behind Saracens. So there's nothing for Harlequins mm-hmm. to play for. So, uh, and, Exeter? and Chiefs can't make the top four and can't go out of the top eight. Throw it in the bin. So there's nothing for them to play for. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, Helen, but where is it? Is it at? Sandy, Sandy Park. Park. Do you know, if I was being just self-interested... I fancy a day with the team down at Sun, down at Sunday Park. Nice place last, to go. Last day of the oh, season. Last day of Sunshine. The season. And but of course, we've got to think of the viewers. And you like, you like paddleboarding as well, don't you? I'm, I'm all right with that. But I also really like the Ivy in Exeter. It's, it's good uh, okay. Do you stand so, up when you paddleboard, or do you, are you on your knees still? Like, can I just say I, I won't I won't paddleboard <laughs> because um, because you can't fish. I, if I'm on the water, I, w- I want to fish. So no, no, no paddleboarding for me. Next game. Gloucester Saracens. Now we're talking. So this this is a bit more interesting. Well, this one's got to get televised because Gloucester, Has to Ka- be. Gloucester Saracens. You've got an interest in how they're building up for the semi final. Uh, Gloucester yep. can qualify, right? Gloucester can qualify. So Saracens can finish top, theoretically. Uh, well, not just theoretically. If Leicester lose, um, Saracens can finish top. If they win, Gloucester have to get a five point win, basically. Although uh, they have to get a five point win, and even then. It probably looks unlikely that they're um, they're going to make the top four. Nonetheless, there's a chance, so that's going to be a televised game. That will be televised. Yes. Okay. Okay. Next game, Leicester Tigers Wasps, Midlands Derby. Okay. So this one's interesting because Leicester Tigers will want to finish top. Yep. It is a Midlands Derby. So uh, you'd so rather? Oh my goodness! You'd rather play Northampton than Quinns, wouldn't you? I mean, Northampton can beat anyone on their day, but yeah, hundred percent. You, you definitely, take, you you definitely take them want to win. It's night and day. You, you've got to finish top. Yeah, Leicester have to finish top, and everyone will have a rest this weekend, so yeah, right. you don't have to worry as much about resting players for the and final. Two how weeks. many points are Wasps in ninth behind London Irish in eighth? So London Irish in eighth, eighth are on sixty-three points, but they've played all their games, so they have no more games. They can't get any more Another points. Fast for having thirteen teams, isn't it? Really. Wasps, isn't it? Wasps have. 60 points so they're 3 points behind um, but Im- importantly Wasps have more wins so were Wasps to get a draw a 4 point uh, sorry a 3 point draw so a draw, with a, a, draw, a draw with a try bonus point Wasps would get top 8 but a dra- draws with try bonus points that's only stuff London Irish do so that, it, it is relevant. yeah and that's why London Irish have only got 9 wins uh, because they've got five, five draws. draws. Five draws. <laughs> five draws is ludicrous. Isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. 33 to 1 on each of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you probably have to televise that because you've got... Because you want to watch the team that are likely to finish top. Yeah. But not guaranteed to finish top. Yeah. And Wasps have still got a sniff at Ch- a Champions Cup. So there's, something, yeah. so there's something on that for both teams. So, How on? Is it at Welford Road? It is at Welford Road. Yeah, I'd, I'd be keen you to got, you got to, Yeah, and Welford Road would be packed. It'd be... It'd be yeah. Good game, an important game. That'd be good. Then Northampton-Newcastle is the next game, which Northampton, if they get a five-point win, or even a four-point win, they secure top four. If they get, a, if they lose, then get a bonus point, don't they qualify? The uh, no, because Gloucester are two points behind oh, them. Oh, two points behind them. Okay, fine. Yeah. So there's your three so games. So they've got to get... Done. Yeah, those, are, those will be your three games. There's your three games, sorted. Although, it's worth going through the last two games, because... Well, it's not really worth going through the next game because that's Sale-Bristol, which Meh. is irrelevant to yeah. everyone. Sale can't make the top four. They can't go out of the top eight. Bristol can't do anything. But it would be good to watch Bristol lose again. Yeah. I think oh. the viewers appreciate that too. <laughs> and certain people, certain neutrals always like watching Sale. Yeah. Well, I think many... I mean, if we're trying to expand the brand of rugby, you would want to appeal to neutrals. The final game... Go on. ...should be 
the game of the season. I'm listening. It should be um, two opposing style directors of rugby playing it out to see who gets relegated. The uh, smooth talking management guru that is Stuart Hooper versus the old school <laughs> aggressive um, megalomaniac that is Steve Diamond. <sighs> But that's, it's an irrelevant game. No, it's not. This it's, is no, it's well, not. Well, no, hold, hold on. Okay, so I'm sure you can find a reason why it's relevant and interesting. But let, let's In just let's table. just take, let's just take Phil's point. What's the state of the table? Uh, Worcester thirteenth on thirty points. Bath twelfth, thirty three points. The, the, oh my! Good. Can you imagine how excited we would be? Yeah, if this was for relegation. Oh my! Can you imagine goodness. Bath going down. Going down. Would be absolutely brilliant. Although I do suspect that Bath wouldn't be in this position. If there was relegation, relegation was a thing. I don't know. I don't know because Worcester would yeah, have, would have, wouldn't have prioritised the Premiership Cup, and they would have fulfilled a fixture against Gloucester, <laughs> and they might be several points better off. You never know. And they would have um, because that's not the only fi- just the, the cancelled game wasn't the only fixture Premiership fixture yeah. they um, did not prioritise. Well, what can I say something about doing? Premiership rugby? I was thinking about this the other day. I was in a little daydream, and I was thinking, God, it's run by morons. Um, maybe my favourite interaction with the Premiership head of communications was uh, when he said when he said to me something about he said something like, "Well, the All Blacks do X, Y, Z." I said, "Look, I'm not interested in the All Blacks. I'm interested in in the Premiership." He went, "What? You're more interested in the Premiership than the All Blacks?" I was like, "You're the communications director. This is your job. <laughs> You're literally meant to be. In- this is your job to make everyone interested in the Premiership. How can you say that?" <laughs> that's literally what that's literally what he said that should have been the happiest day in his his life that someone is yeah. more more interested in premiership I am really interested in the thing that you like what more interested than international <laughs> rugby what have you seen the URC you like Renaults more than Ferraris are you mental uh, you're trying to sell me a Renault <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly uh, so, I, I'm, I'm mourning that, that this fixture isn't I know. I would be this being would be for the, ne- the next two gem. weeks. I would just be salivating at the prospects of that game. So, and you could you imagine either, either DOR when they post match when they've just been relegated? Oh, imagine interviewing Diamond when he's just been relegated. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, Hooper! Whoa, 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 whoa! Diamond will not get relegated. <laughs> he's been here far too many he has times. Been. He knows what he's doing. Like this is. You know, to steal a phrase, this is not his first rodeo. You know, he will not get re- get relegated. Oh, imagine the drama, the suspense, the like you say, the reactions, the 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 fans, the towns, now the story that you could sell. Oh my goodness, so, what, what a loss! <laughs> Mark Mark Evans informed me of this what, from his time in NRL, and I had no idea because I don't watch any NRL. I, I'd like to, but I just don't have time. You you get given the spoon, and this is a big big deal. And now I know that the practical consequences for um, going down are huge uh, for the fans and whatnot. But being given the spoon is quite something. And the, I think they should be forced to sew the spoon. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, like uh, it's like the stars. Be, yes, exactly. One spoon. Oh God, that yeah. that should be a thing. It should be a thing. It as long as we close, or the even league. even the spoon, not. Not on your kit for all time, but just the following season, your match day shirt has to have the spoon 
Maybe in a prominent position, maybe on the arm. Maybe yeah. replace the club, where, club where crest. Where your sponsor would be? Just to remind your sponsor like, who, you're, who you're supporting. <laughs> that, that would definitely have uh, financial implications for the club, so I'm not, not so. sure about that one. Yeah. But on the shoulder, above above the badge. No doubt they'd dress it up and have it like the Wooden Spoon Charity or something, just to make it a bit more palatable. No, I'd say no, actually. No, no, no charitable giving. No making this into a good cause. No uh, taking a positive from a negative. It is a spoon. It is a spoon. Now, so that's that's fixtures in two weeks. Sorry, can I just revive an old oh, yeah. um, an an old idea that I had for thirteen a thirteen team league? If you want to have it, you can use a spoon. I actually uh, I think you should revive my old idea. The naughty step. The naughty step. You close down your ground for the ground for a year. You got to do community outreach. You got to work in schools. You know, coach rugby in the local area, and then you build up for the season after next miserable existence. But that's what they should do. If only rugby was more profitable, you yeah. could do that. And you could cent- do that in the NFL or the Premier League. You could actually do that. Yeah, there's a you central part where you just pay these guys just to be professionals and not play. <laughs> not in rugby, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, that's two weeks time. Yeah. So there's there's other games. There, just back to the England squad for a second, because I was thinking, you know, in my musings this week, I was thinking about the dynamic duo of uh, Lewis Liner and Caden Murdley. Y- yes. Caden Murdley, who scored another try this weekend. He's a wonderful player. Wonderful player, but has not had a sniff at the England squad, whereas Lewis Liner, this is at least his second or third um, England squad that he's been in. I think it, it probably stacks up because Liner has a bit more X factor. Mm-hmm. But I was I was thinking... If Caden Murley was in a different setup, and by a different setup I don't mean um, if he was at Sale or Leicester. I mean, if he was playing for an Irish province, for example, he he would have been capped. Yeah, Arundel. Sorry, Arundel. So you just mentioned uh, lineup and well, started. Uh, yeah, so it just started ringing alarm bells immediately. Uh, yeah, so Murley's not there because, um, well. He's only English, so they, 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 they don't need to get him there. He, Caden Murley, he, he must, must be Irish. He must have, yeah, yeah, must, must have some Irish roots. But still, uh, because he's not dual qualified, and because Ireland wouldn't, wouldn't probably pick him until he moved there, they're just like, yeah, yeah fine, whatever. Lewis Liner could legitimately go to um, Italy. Italy and uh, Australia. Australia. Yeah, did we just clarify why he is Italian? He's born there. Born. No, his mum is Italian. He was never born there. What? He was born there. He was not born there. He was not born there. Uh, sorry to drop the same name twice. Mark Evans phoned me up to tell me that he was not born there. Okay. It, 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 his mum is called Is um, Isabella. She's Italian. He was born in the UK. Uh, so interestingly, well, he might be born there, but his dad wasn't playing at Treviso at the time. Yeah. It, so his Wikipedia page, which um, could be totally wrong, uh, does have him born in Treviso, Italy. Ah. Uh, it, it also says he's eligible to play for. Three nations, England residents, Australia parents, Italy, birth and parents. Oh, so go. maybe he was, was born, born there. In, it looks like he was born in, in well, Italy. Well, well. There'll be ramifications for this. Although, a very interesting point, um, Michael Liner was not playing for Treviso in 2000 when Lewis Liner was born there. He finished playing for Treviso in 1996, four years But maybe his before. wife wanted to go home to be yeah, around absolutely. her family to give birth. Yeah. yeah. And wanted her son to be Italian. Yes. So, Arundel, well, why is he in the England squad? Because he's he, Welsh qualified. <laughs> correct. Because he's supremely talented. All over again. Now, back to back to Caden Murley. If he was playing for, um, let's say, Munster, 
because I'm going to make a comparison with two monster wingers and you're going to tell me I'm either on the right lines or totally crazy. Okay. But so let's say um, Caden Murley, who is he's, he's a very good, very solid all-round player. He does lovely things. He doesn't have any one thing that he's exceptional in. Mm-hmm. He's very good defensively, good under the high ball, positionally defensively. He finishes tries well, beat the first man, but not super fast, not super steppy. He's, he reminds me, in terms of his overall ability, of someone like either Keith Earls... I can definitely see that. ...or Andrew Conway. Yeah. Who are both very, very... They are both very, very good players. I mean, Keith Earl is a British and Irish lion, has got nearly 100 caps for Ireland. He's British and Irish uh, Conway lion, has got 13 years ago? Uh, did he get to go to... South Africa. 2009. He went to South, South Africa. Africa. 2009, 13 years ago. Yeah. Conway's awesome. Yeah, they're, Conway, both awesome. They're, they're both awesome. But I think if Caden Murley were in a different setup, he would um, be looking at international honours. The set I specifically think would be Ireland, because um, in Wales, who knows what would happen. Yeah, he would. Yeah. Well, um, he's more likely to get picked for Wales playing in England. That's yeah, yeah. And then you can offer him a trash deal to go to the Ospreys. And my my thinking about that was is that good or bad is that setup good or bad for England or good or bad for Ireland? And I think it's it shows the almost the wastefulness of England. Yes. That they've got talented guys like this who don't get a sniff, who are very, very and would would do well at an international set, um stage. It also shows just how much um how much performance Ireland eke out of everyone who is talented? Yeah, they get they get they extract the maximum amount. Well, I put it like this: if you go to a restaurant and you have one of those menus with twelve pages, you're, oh, no. th- there's a sense that you might have that. Oh, I wish I'd ordered something else. I hate going to when that your kind food of comes. Yeah. If you only had like a half a dozen things, you go, no, I definitely want yeah. steak well, steak tartare now. I'm confident in that. Yeah, that's what I want. Too too many items on a menu is a massive warning sign. Yeah, huge, huge warning sign. Warning sign. Uh, although. Too much description on a menu is also a huge warning sign. Although I, I loved it. Like one place you get um, page after page after page is Greek tavernas. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, you do. Which is why tip going to Greek taverna, they're quite happy for you to just walk through the back and have a look at what they've got on. Is that right? Oh. Yeah, you just go. Can I see the food? And you just walk in. You walk in the kitchen, have a look around. Yeah, that looks good. Like that. Yeah, I would do that all the time. And but but I just you just reminded me of the description on the menus. Um, I, I do like uh, I do like the I do like some fried oat. Um, Fried courgette and fried aubergine in, in Greece. Ooh, yeah, but, 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 fried, but yes. on the I remember seeing it on the on the menu as um, deep fried aborigines. Because <laughs> 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 oh, tra- lost oh, in translation. <laughs> oh, ooh, edgy. Um, yeah, there's a place in Manchester called is it Moose Coffee in town? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah the um, American style. It breakfast. takes what ninety minutes to read the menu. The menu is. Enormous and so descriptive. It's so descriptive, but everything's descriptive except for the title. So we called like um, I don't know the door slammer. Like what the hell does that mean? It's like got two paragraphs of what is in the door slammer, and it's just different bits of the previous dish. So it's got potato and eggs and bacon and something else, and that for whatever reason it it is the door one one ingredient different from yeah. yeah, yeah. And then next one is the Donald Trump, and then next one is what am I ordering here? The the menu in Moose because it is one. There are certain things. There's like five of the five of five hash browns, each with one ingredient replaced in the sequence. Yeah, and it's not just hash brown. It's like um, cool, funky hash brown, ready to kick your ass. Yeah, okay, (laughs) great, thanks. (laughs) Just thinking we were talking about Manchester restaurants. I went to the new Sugo last night in sale. Is that 
a Gary Escher one? No. It's, um... So there's, there's three. There's one in Ancoats, one in Altrincham. I haven't sat with any of these. I've not heard of so them. So they're tiny little um, Italian pasta restaurants. Ooh. Only f- five or six starters, five or six desserts, five or six um, uh, maidens. Best food I've had in a long time. It was absolutely sensational last night. Really? Top-notch. Best birthday pasta. meal. Birthday, birthday meal. And if you go into the sale branch, my name's on the wall. Why? What do you do? Speed eating. <laughs> no, but uh, meat liquor just off um, Oxford Road in London, just behind the Debenhams. My name's also on the wall for speed eating. Well then, but no, in uh, Sugo for kickstarting them. Ah, did you actually put, put oh, some money nice. in? Put some money in. And yeah. uh, what do you get in return? Uh, my meal last night. Oh, brilliant! So my meal last night, three course meal for two of us. A uh, bottle of house wine was w- what I got, Grand and then nice. I added to it two Negronis. Yes, of course. Wonderful. Uh, who? What? Well, two Negronis for you? For me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Birthday meal on, yeah, yeah. on my own. <laughs> my favourite way to eat out. <laughs> just uh, on the because we were just talking about which games we would uh, have as a fixture. I just saw this email from uh, Michael Jenrick. Uh, contact TedChasers at gmail dot com. One of our many many American listeners. He's in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Hi. And he says, uh, "Love the pod." Blah blah blah. And he just points out, and I'm I'm going to paraphrase Michael just for ease of time. I really appreciate your email. Basically, on the Rugby Network, which is like I, I think it's an app you can just watch. Not only every MLR game, you can watch every Division One through Division Four game, men's and women's. Mm-hmm. They also have high school nationals on this this past weekend. And as a past coach who has had teams at our local finals, it's amazing seeing matches and comparing squad performance across the US. There's something bubbling in America. There is, isn't there? I'm quite excited. I wonder if we shouldn't just... Uh, go. Yes, go. I agree. Let's just go. Yeah, you should. Well, we're definitely going to make the next World Cup, which isn't to 2031. If the, world e- well, if the World Economic Forum allows us to fly, we'll make it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, very good. Yeah. So, anyone watches the sale game on Friday? Uh, only the highlights. Can yeah. I tell you how I watched the sale game? Yes, please. I had the worst weekend possible. Right. I saw your videos of where you were yesterday that instead has, of being at Twickenham with Captain Lee and Tim. No. That, what I sent you yesterday, uh, going to that hippie convention, has <laughs> nothing on what happened to me on Friday night. Okay, nothing. interesting. So, I, br- br- very briefly on the hippie convention, what happened? What, what? <laughs> <laughs> I had a children's birthday party and I went there. Is that what it was? No. No. Uh, the, there's like a hippie convention right, like right next to it. Which <laughs> actually, you know, when you put it into... When you put it in comparison to my Friday night, I was happy to be there. Okay. Right. So Friday night... The, the I, video you sent of that looked like, as the reference I made on our WhatsApp group, the Rainbow Rhythms episode yeah. of uh, Peep Show. This is going to... I love that Rainbow Rhythms episode. It's had nothing to do, do with rugby, so I apologise to our listeners, but I've got to get... get, get well, it I've just been talking about... Um, well, we've been talking about Manchester restaurants. Yes, exactly. So, fine. So, it, I, I ended up watching the sale versus... Whoever they play, because I Bristol. couldn't really concentrate. No, wasps. 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 I couldn't really concentrate at the time, because behind me was the traffic of the M56 whizzing past my ears. So... 60? No, 56, coming back from Wales. Oh, OK. So I'm coming back, oh, coming okay, back from sorry. Wales. Yeah. Morco, independent financial advisors, pensions, investments, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> next thing you know, my car just loses power. I'm like, oh, Interesting. So I make it to Chester, Chester Services. I limp into Chester, Chester Services. I haven't got a clue what's wrong, wrong, wrong with the car, other than it keeps on flashing up low, low oil pressure. Like, oh, no, I hope I've not ruined my car because it's, like, run out of oil. So I pull into Ch- Chester Services. Now, have you guys heard of the ghost of Kiev? 
the fictional fighter pilot yeah. who which doesn't exist. Well, the ghost of Mal- um, the ghost of Madrid hit me hard <laughs> at this point because the ghost of Madrid, um, the existential dread. Yeah, I lost my I lost my wallet in oh, Madrid. Of course. Right? So the only bank card that I've got is my joint account card. So no worries. Jumped out, jumped out on my car, went into Shell, reached into my pocket. Guess what? No bank card. Left it. Left it in the office. Oh, so no. now I've got a card that, that doesn't work. I've got no. I've got no bank card. And even if I did have my, my, uh, my bank card, it's my wife's bank card. So it's a, so it's the joint account card for that for, for that account. So I explain it to the guys in the Shell garage. They're like. Mate, uh, you can't leave your laptop here in exchange for, for exchange for oil. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I've got online banking. Can I make you a bank transfer? Because no, no, of course you can't. <laughs> so in the end, I had to I had to send over forty quid in a personal payment to the trainee guy to buy my engine oil. So, <laughs> to get him to get the cash out. Yeah, yes, exactly right. Wow. So then he gave me the, gave me the money. I got my engine oil. Got on the fifty six, and I lasted for precisely. Half a mile before the car stopped completely, and there's smoke bellowing out. Oh of it. Like, no! Oh, here we go. So now I've, I've joined. Up, I've joined up the AA, but of course I can't join the AA because I've got no bank card. Um, so I'm like, what do I do now? I don't really want to tell. My Is wife. that do the AA allow that? I'm like, hi, can I join the AA? Yeah, good. Oh, yeah, we got, yeah. Have we got the membership sorted? Great. Can you come out and get me, please? <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they get the pound of flesh. I, yeah, I, I bet they do a few of their sales. Oh that. yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a great way to make sales. But I'm like, I've got a bank card, so I had to get my brother to take a picture of the front and the back of the bank card and send it over. Uh, but then I'm making the order. I'm like, I can't do this because it doesn't say my name on it. It says someone else's name on it. So anyway, I, I got I got it I got it done by getting them to phone up phone up my wife and then you know I, I got a tow so I'm in this I'm in this little van thing and I explained to the guy look I've got like 15% on my phone um, I have got no money no wallet for reasons you don't need to know about uh, I'm just glad you're here to take me home he goes oh I'm not taking you home I'm taking you to limb services it's like oh right brilliant so you have to go to limb services with the AA right and when you get to them services, they've got to take take another guy. Another guy has to come and see you to try and fix it. And if he can't fix it, he then orders out the, the next guy. So at about nine o'clock, he's at, uh, right, you'll someone will see it by half nine. Half nine becomes half ten. Half ten becomes half eleven. It's like, okay, well, fine. People break down all, all the time. I'll wait. At quarter past twelve. Half one. Two twenty. No. Two twenty. The guy should... Do you have any battery or phone battery at this point? Well, here's, here's the interesting part, right? So... Um, thankfully, I had a spare USB cable in my bag, so went into the grimmest place I've ever been to in my life, which is the 24-hour pub in Lim Services. There's a 24-hour There's pub? A, well, I don't know if it's 24-hour or not, but it was open at three in the morning. Right? <laughs> and so, they let you in without purchasing anything as well? Yeah, I had £3 on me, which I found in my car, so I was scrabbling around. <laughs> I, this is my last £3. Bought two bag, bags of, bags of, of Doritos, like, like the big one, the big 150 ones. I ate the first one, I thought, do you know what? If I ate that second bag, I'll feel so miserable because I've gone over my calories. So I binned that one. Well, but you're in tomorrow's calories at this point. <laughs> yeah, so, it's a new day. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm completely under. So, um, <laughs> so I remember having this conversation with um, with with the with the truck driver. And he's like, "Yeah, we're just going to take you somewhere. Where it's going to be uh, just you know safe, safe for you." And I was saying, like, "Is this safe? I've, I, I've got I've, I've got t-shirt and shorts on, 
Thanks for having my gym bag. So now I've got five t-shirts and and uh, short on, shorts on because I'm ups, I'm absolutely freezing. <laughs> Managed to get like forty percent battery on my phone. The guy finally c- 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 comes out at two twenty. Looks at my car. Goes, yeah, mate. You can't drive that. Went, brilliant. Shall we go and tow it? He goes, oh no, no, no. You've you've not got the right cover. Uh, you've only got roadside assistance. Uh, you're gonna have to find find, find someone else. So and now I'm really really angry. I could have murdered him. I could have murdered him. <laughs> So yeah, you've waited three hours at this point. Uh, it's, it's now th- about three in the morning. So he, and this started at like eight eight yeah p.m. Oh my god! So he then calls the AA, who for some reason, sorry, the AA actually agreed before this about four hours ago that this guy would tow me home. This guy's come to me and said, "No, I, I can't." The AA say no, but I said, "But they said that they would. Otherwise, I would have just you know whatever." So I'm looking around, and the lorry has dropped me off. Not at Limb Services, but in the middle of the lorry park where you're not allowed to be. And I know this because as he's putting my car off the back of the truck, his monitor is flashing, restricted area, do not leave. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get my car towed. Or, so, well, that'd be good. That's one way to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so about three in the morning, I jump in my car, which now doesn't work because it's got no battery because I tried to use the heater without turning on the engine. Don't do that. And I push it for what must might have been a quarter of a kilometre. And I pushed it until I got to the uh, to this depot, which happened to be the depot of the re- the third party re- recovery people. I just put it in front of their offices, phoned them, and said, "Look, my car is here. Do not move it. Do not touch it. Um, I'll get it tomorrow." Uh, and in the end, my phone ran out of battery, and I was on the phone waiting for an hour for the AA to pick up, which of course they didn't. So I just ordered an Uber and, and went home. Got through the door about. 4.30 oh my so goodness so if you ever ever are thinking of joining the AA do not join the AA do not <laughs> join the AA it's a complete waste of time it's a scam I mean I'm a, I mean, I, I was actually at this point between the creepy men at the bar um, and they, they I mean the people I guess people that are drinking at the 24 hour bar are probably the, the long haul lorry drivers Lim, I guess Lim is a lovely town as well yeah, but uh, Lim services is not Lim I tell you what where they, you had to walk about 500 metres from where I was parked, right in the middle of nowhere. Well, not like in the middle of the lorry park, but with no lorries around me, to the services. It's bloody scary because it's pitch black <laughs> and all of a sudden a lorry will just co- like come out of nowhere. No, uh, no battery. Sorry, li- little battery, no money. I was like, this is barely safe for me. Like, imagine <laughs> if it was your wife or your sister. Absolutely unbelievable. In the end, I was looking at the distance, like, hmm, 16 miles. I could run that at a stretch. I mean, it'd be a hard run, but. I could well, do it. On, yeah, yeah on, on Thursday, I was cycling just past there. Thursday, Thursday say, night, oh, you give me Thursday evening. Yeah. I was going to say, if you, just di- if you just ditched the car and, and walked home, it probably got back about the same time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> then they eventually did pick it up at uh, 8.30 on Saturday night, to my <laughs> absolute relief. So, oh, yeah. Oh, word. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. And that was still more entertaining than... Um, Wasp sale. Well, no, I'm joking. So back to wasp sale. <laughs> I'm trying to watch this game in in the truck, and the guy's try, trying to um, trying to like talk to me about stuff. Oh, okay, um, but I thought I've got to talk to him because yeah, I want him to do the things that, that I want. So I've got to be nice. And I was watching sales score try after try after try, but what I didn't realise is they were all being disallowed. So I think sale only ended up with one try. I, I thought they were on that they were on for they the had bonus two point. tries. Well, they definitely had a disallowed one. They had two disallowed at least. So I think Akers was disallowed. I, I, I think it was a driving more one disallowed. Oh yeah, there was Akers was disallowed for knock on earlier in the play. 
was it? Yeah. A sale of um, foregone the opportunity for me to care because they can't <laughs> they can't compete for anything. You two are just competing to see who can care less yeah. about different strands of rugby. <laughs> well, what so, we should do just a, a, a brief um, preview of the Champions Cup final. Yes, it's the final we wanted. It, no, I didn't want it. It's well, Phil and I did. It's definitely the final I wanted. I wanted uh, probably Tigers and Tigers and Sale would have done me. Is there any way Leinster can be stopped? If anyone is going to, La Rochelle the team to do it. The, the Ronan O'Gara storyline, sub to subplot. It's is cool, brilliant. isn't it? It's yeah. Cool. That is cool. I hope he gets really angry with uh, Leo Cullen and Stuart Lancaster <laughs> on the sidelines. Well, he's been getting pretty spicy on the touchline, hasn't he? Yeah. Like I wonder I wonder if Leinster might get some sort of shock if they go up against a massive, massive La Rochelle team and their power game doesn't work quite as well as they hoped and they're not and they're not expecting the impact that La Rochelle can bring, you know, with their own power. But then again, I said that against Toulouse, and I think Toulouse have got the power and also a lot more, um, not a lot more talent, but they've got a lot more flair. But mind you, it's widely known Toulouse have not had a good season. Yeah, La, La Rochelle, I think La Rochelle, certainly from what I've seen in the Heineken Cup, they're playing better rugby, better all-round rugby than Toulouse are. Toulouse, certainly in the Ulster game, games are... They relied on individual brilliance rather than team skill. Yeah, that's not going to work against Leinster. Whereas La Rochelle have been relying on both individual brilliance and also the team cohesion that they've got. They're going to have to do what they did last year and beat Leinster up. I don't think that's going to be something they're capable of doing. I think Leinster will have be be a year wiser, a year more experienced. Some of those young guys are now class, and uh, they're they're getting a fifth star. But you know, La Rochelle. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Was it Mark McCall was saying that you got to fail quite a lot before you win this comp- com- before you win this competition? La Rochelle do feel like they're on that final semi final, yeah, yeah, mm. they're so on they, that trajectory. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're obviously very, very good. That's who I'd like to see win. Just a new winner would be cool. Yeah, La Rochelle. I, I'm, I'll be fully supporting La, La Rochelle. I do. I, I'd be happy if either team wins because Ruby will be the winner. Yeah, Ruby will be the winner. Something like you. That, um, that that Leinster team is a special team, and they they are, they are playing so well at the moment. They just they're such a good all. They remind team. me a little bit of Toulon when they win, like very good players, very powerful, very basic. But you know that's fine. It's absolutely fine. Stop they, it. They've not got the like, key difference between that Toulon team and this Leinster team. That Toulon team just bought in the best stars in the world. This Leinster team is. Pretty much homegrown. Yeah, I mean, it's also acceptable. an international team, isn't it? It, it is an. It's basically an international team, but it's international team who, with the exception of James Gibson Lowe. Park and James Lowe uh, and Henshaw. Uh, yeah, but Henshaw as well, but isn't Henshaw's from like thirty miles down the road? Yeah, still. <laughs> but yeah, Con- o- boy. Other than that, it is a Leinster team through yeah, and through, very from, from grassroots mm. up. That's pretty cool. Which is incredibly, incredibly cool. Prediction. <laughs> so, Prediction. La Rochelle. I think so. The Leinster Saracens game is it twenty eighteen? I want to say twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Did that finish something like eleven nine? Was it a, there was Ooh, a game. So. There was a really low scoring Leinster final. Twenty four. Oh, a final. Final. Uh, yeah, not not the one. Not the semi final. Not the semi final. 24 12 or something like that, that was. Let's have a look. There was, there was a Leinster final. That was I'm that sure. the one at Newcastle? 
Oh, I can't remember. I'm going to. So uh, basically, what I'm saying is, I actually predict it's going to be quite a low-scoring final because it'll be very cagey, um, and both teams will find it incredibly difficult to break the other team down. And I think when it goes to that kind of game, Leinster have got the experience to just edge it. So I'm I'm predicting something like Leinster 16, uh, La Rochelle 12. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I think Leinster by... I'm going to say Leinster by 8. High scoring or low scoring? uh, I think it'll be, yeah, in the teens. Yeah. Sort of teens to early... Teens plays early 20s for Leinster. So, yeah, 24... 24-16. I have no idea. I have no idea. Sorry, is it 2010 was the 2019. Saracens beat Leinster 20 points to 10. And then... So, that was that year. Then that was in 2019. In 2018, Leinster beat Racing 15-12. So, I'm I'm predicting a score score line, something similar to that. Mm. It's, it's a good one. It's good to look forward to. Mm, uh, I am I'm very much looking forward to this. Yes. So what what time is kickoff for that? Because it's also the because the Friday night is Leon Toulon. Yeah, that, that'd be an interesting game. Which that'd is eight, be a great eight, game. Eight yeah. o'clock kickoff. So I assume it's yeah. a three p.m. three p.m. Saturday afternoon. It's got on here on Wikipedia, which is probably wrong. It could be five p.m. Uh, five forty-five. Hey. So four four forty-five UK. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So shall we? So that's good because it's it's also Champions League. At, uh, I assume eight o'clock. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know if you know. Uh, well, shall, let's, how? Let's put let's let's phrase this or couch this section a different way. Shall we do our weekly Welsh rugby roundup? <laughs> do you want to do Welsh rugby roundup? Okay, you you take this wherever you want to go. This is your time, JB. Yeah. So two things. I don't know if I mentioned this last week or is this week because everything's merging into one. Were you aware of 144 games in Wales not being played last year? I was aware there was headlines about a league being decided because or yeah. promotion being failed because so you get you you get what you get what you deserve. Exactly right. I couldn't agree more. If you cozy up to those absolute lunatics in the, in the Welsh Assembly, particularly not lobbying for your own uh, sport over COVID, don't be surprised when the union you know allow you not to play 144 games, of which a good proportion of them were up in North Wales. And yes, a lot of leagues have basically just not even they've just not even just not concluded. They've just not concluded. There's no, there's no sanction on the clubs and all the rest of it. Now, that's the first part of it. The second part of it is, did you see the controversy over Wayne Pivak's comments over Jack Morgan? It's like the world had ended. So he hasn't selected him for the summer tour because he said he wants him to go and uh, physically have a summer developing physically. Yes. Now... And and the the Welsh media and some fans melted down. Oh my God! You've not seen anything like it. Well, you know he he plays Basham and Basham's not got got as many turnovers and you know the crying was just un- unbelievable. Uh, and I, I, you know to a certain degree, you have sympathy with Jack Morgan. Probably wants to go on tour. Probably looks at his stats. Um, physically, he's about the same as Basham. His turnover rate is much, I mean, much higher. If there was one position where you kind of go, uh, that's what I go. So you've got a very, very talented young Welsh player who hasn't made a summer tour. Hmm, that's a bit unusual. Um, hold on, what position does he play? Seven. Uh, seven. Oh, okay. Whatever. Move yeah. on. Well, it, it doesn't. What gets me is it was quite. Uh, well, you know, the, 
the the hatred towards the WRU, most of it, you know, probably rightly placed. But over this just seemed a bit, little bit misguided because it didn't seem to occur to anyone that perhaps the reason that Jack Morgan was um, left out was if you think it might not be about what the player is now, but his potential if he did take a, um, a summer off to get bigger and stronger. Not that he's not bigger, bigger or strong enough now, but if Wales are going to do anything in the World Cup, they're going to need at least one very, very special player. And I guess if Pivak thinks over the summer he can become that very special player, even at the expense of going to South Africa, he's probably made uh, made the right choice. You know, you know what I think on these things? Always, in any case, get the kids in. Uh, yeah, you should get the kids in. In fact, right off Basham and Jack Morgan, find someone younger. Fact, much yeah. younger. Though. Much younger. <laughs> They're both only 22. Yeah. Well, you want five years younger at minimum, least. Minimum. Are you satisfied we can just um, release the hounds, let JB off the leash? No. So, uh, JB we, can do what he wants. He, he normally it? does. Should, no, but should we direct it? <laughs> I, I feel you built this up too much now. Well, uh, no, no, no. Okay, so... All right, so hopefully we've dealt with the rugby and and Manchester restaurants and um, issue and, limb and, services and, and limb services, which yeah. is what yeah. which is what you download this podcast for. Yes. We, we understand the three big <laughs> the three big issues you want talking about. Burning issues, <laughs> hard talk. So if you just want those three core elements of the podcast, then that's fine. We, we've satisfied that. If you want to listen on. What you're getting now is the the dark underbelly of the, the festering boils that lurk in rugby social media. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, I guess Rugby so. Twitter because there's guess been so. a, there's been a few things which are just this is why I don't tweet anymore. Yeah, do you know that's why I, it's the first time I tweeted in a long time on Monday because I just got thought this is so unfair. It is so unfair. So, so yeah, so there's a few things been going on. We, we touched on one of them earlier. So how about you just that one Premiership Rugby Cup? There's a bunch of people that rather than congratulate Worcester, seem to the only joy they took from the Premiership Rugby Cup was that Paddy Jackson missed some penalty kicks. Yeah, I hadn't thought about this. I hadn't thought about that, that angle, actually, because I, I, just, I just hadn't, but I had, seen, I had seen the messages. I don't know what you expect Paddy Jackson to do now, because he's been found not guilty. Um, and, you know, there is a system of justice, and we should follow the system of justice. Yeah. And if, if your answer is, Paddy Jackson should do nothing now other than just meekly exist and keep out the public eye and just wait, wait for death, you are frankly evil. I mean, that's not how you treat 
anyone. So he is a rugby player. He should be able. Uh, he should be allowed to get on. Get on. Get on. on but with but his what's the point? I, I, I just say like if, you're pathetic. I, well, I just well yeah, but that, that's where that's the conclusion I came to, come to. And rather than getting annoyed on Paddy Jackson's behalf, I, I just actually think, God, how. How sad must it be to be someone who takes, who, whose only enjoyment of, like they say they love rugby, but they can they can watch an eighty minute game and the only joy they took from it was, was someone missing kicks rather than enjoying a game. I just think that's, I just that says more about the individuals yeah, look, that I are doing that than anything else. Being people, okay. So I'm not going to say I'm squeak, squeaky clean on this because I really enjoy watching Charlie Eels being Charlie Eels because that's consistent. But I think when <laughs> you when you're rooting for someone, you know to have a, t- a terrible game and that, that's that's the only takeaway from this game is oh yeah I'm really happy that, that one guy did did poorly because of something he did back in the day there's some absolute arsehole who wrote some tin pot, t- tin pot book which sold about three copies and lives in Czech- Czech- Czechoslovakia somewhere who always hammers James Haskell which is kind of you know um, where we're going next and you question him why he's oh because he wasn't very nice as a schoolboy like come on mate like you know, he's in his 30s now, and you're a 40-year-old bloke. Like, where where does this hatred come from? Well, yes, yeah. Just just on the Paddy Jackson thing before we move on, I think, because you mentioned um, he was found not guilty, which is obviously true. He was also shown to be an arrogant wanker, basically, from that whole process. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to... You don't have to think he's a great guy, but you don't have to hate him all the time as well. You don't have to just. Well, it was hate like the him. thing the other day. Oh, aren't, aren't, that, that that journalist or whoever it was, aren't London Irish great to watch? Next tweet. Oh, that, that doesn't mean I <laughs> yeah. condone. That doesn't mean I condone it, the people. Of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't mean. Of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. No, are you think? mental? I like London Irish. What you? You, you, you like sexual assault? No, no, no. Of course you don't. You know, look, I, I'm I'm fairly. Yeah, you know, I, I just think. Yeah, good people do bad things. Bad people do do good things. If you got an exchange I had, even with a good friend of mine, and then put it down as a, you know, a series of conversations and read it, read, read it in court, it sounded horrendous. And you know, most of the people making this, you know, making these these judgments are doing so. I'm so, I'm sorry to say, just to boost their own social media profile, and I don't I, want got anything to do with what they, you know, any morals that they have, if indeed they do have any. I'm, I'm still not sure a lot of these people exist. I think they are. Oh, Rus- I, I Russian, know some Russian Twitter. Russian Twitter. You, you assure me that some of these We've people do exist. We've seen a picture of some of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I see that. That could have been uh, Dali or Dali Two. Yeah. That could be computer generated. <laughs> I wonder what you'd got if you fed. Have you, have you seen what Dali? No, Dali Two. So it's. it's it's brilliant, actually. It's it's a um, artificial intelligent program that you feed it a description and it creates artwork based on your description. Wow! Oh, wow. It's amazing. It is genuinely amazing. some of the stuff it creates is Can genuinely you amazing. Make an NFT from this. Uh, probably. I'm not sure any NFTs are going to be worth anything anyway. But yeah. imagine if you fed it the some of the art is genuinely amazing. You fed it Ruby podcasters. What would it create? Oh, no. Ruby Twitter arty. What no, kind of p- picture I, would it create? Well, people okay. have played very little rugby. I yeah. Well, well, I well this, okay, so this takes us on to the thing which had you vexed. And, uh, and on Monday when this kicked off, one of the things I did put in a WhatsApp group, which you wouldn't have read at the time, was, oh, poor JB, he's got no phone. <laughs> 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 He'll be apoplectic when he sees all this. Um, but you did manage to get a phone, probably just so you could take part in, yeah, in, so I, in this. I was a day late to this party, uh, and I opened my phone to... Uh, to a message from a very, very well-known rugby player, a very well-known rugby player, just said, Haskell, 
thoughts. I was like, thoughts? I kind of like him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you delve into this and you just realise... Uh, you know, could, could you recap what happened, Phil, briefly? Um, the Good, the Bad and Rugby put out a list of I've the... I've heard of them, but yeah, carry on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so hey, grassroots, grassroots podcast. Grassroots, grassroots podcast. Rugby podcast. Put out... One of um, the newbies. An image of the... Which was had the title of something like Top England International... Or most captain in the international forwards, and it was a list. Front rows. Uh, front rows: Jason Leonard, uh, Dan Cole, Hart- Hartley, Dylan Hartley, uh, Steve Thompson. Thompson was on with, there. with a picture of Dylan Hartley and Steve Thompson together training because they were featuring, or at least one of them was featuring yeah. in the show. Yeah. And if it's Steve Thompson featuring, it'll almost certainly be about concussions or CTE. I, I, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So you know, some fairly some. some it was, fairly so it was, it was it was uh, previewing a guest. With a, with a picture for context, saying England most cap forwards, yes. the, the two of them together. But the enormous oversight, the offensive oversight. I, I can hardly speak to him. I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that, of course, those are not the. They, we, there are um, more capped England front row forwards who should have been on that list. Uh-huh. Because that was the men's only, and that 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 image did not designate in any way that it was only the men that they were listing, rather than the illustrious. Despite uh, the women. names and the photo for context, yes, despite yeah. the names and the photo for context, and it came and it coming from a predominantly men's based rugby podcast. Although one that also has done some very good things for the women's game as well. Well, I'm, I, I'd be surprised if they do any more good things for well, the women's yeah. game. I think they've burnt that bridge. The, the thing about this is, even if you did want to take uh, objection with uh, women, or sevens being omitted, I'm sure I'm sure there's lots of people kicking off going, hold on, there's sevens forwards that rugby have had more league? appearances. Rugby league. <laughs> yeah, it didn't say union, it just says rugby. rugby. Oh, my James word. Graham and James Ruby must be fuming about this. so angry. Eddie and Steve we're kicking off on Twitter about this. <laughs> there are not many people that would scare that list of five, but I think James Graham. James would Graham. Would. I think James Graham. You think? Oh yeah, me, yeah. Sorry, number one, James Graham, and then Dylan Hartley from now on. Yeah, I, but, I'd make that change. But I'm sure anyone who gen- who did think there was something wrong with that would would sort of look at it and go. Oh, well, I can see what they meant. So yeah. no one's going to get vexed enough to kick off about it, right? It's a minor, it's a minor oversight. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Well, I mean, it, or or, or let, let's maybe subtly and quietly just go. I don't know whether you. I was thinking this. I just thought. Yeah. I, I just thought I'd flag it up. Maybe privately. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a professional. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or yes. pick up. Pick up the phone and have a chat. Yeah. It, it, you know, but anyway, so but but I'm sh- so I'm sure it didn't kick off in any fashion on Twitter or anything. Yeah. So <laughs> so. Simi Pam, who is a player at Bristol Bears. Uh, Bristol Bears, what, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Who are actually called on their Twitter Bristol Bears Women, which is ridiculous. And the, and the Bristol Bears are not called Bristol Bears Men. They're just no, called they're Bristol not. Bears. And she's not made any complaints to, to her employer, from what I can tell. Um, mentioned this to um, Haskett, which uh, on, on social media, which is fairly aggressive. And actually, a pretty rubbishy thing to do, Do actually. I mean, to me, this is just profile building or, you know, trying to get the Twitter likes for fighting the everlasting battle which will never be won and therefore should never be fought, um, <laughs> by definition. Um, and then James Haskell responds with, have a day off. And I think that's great advice. They should have a day <laughs> off. They should have many, many days off. They should have so many de- days off and just focus on 
on the rugby, and that's what it, because the, 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 what happened next? This pile on on. So, so yeah, so a lot of people uh, th- with this pile on you're describing were, uh, their, their justification for being so vexed and angry was, well, it, it was bad, and it was it was ba- a bit bad that he did it in the first place, but that that reaction was outrageous. Yeah, the reaction to the action. I can't believe the reaction to the reaction. Like, <laughs> let's just okay, let's just break this down um, a bit. Let's just go from the Haskell angle. Uh, Hask has covered wi- women's rugby. Not only has he covered it, he's involved with the women's Six Nations coverage. And I, yeah, I, I know him a bit. I don't know him you know, well, but I know this much. He works incredibly hard. Like, he doesn't just show up and mail it in. He really works hard. So, you know, when they're doing the clappy emojis saying, we must do better or, you know, do the time or or whatever the current thing is, he has. He actually has. He's gone out there and he's done more for wi- more for women's rugby certainly than I have or ever will do. Uh, he does genuinely care. So you've got this guy who's actually bothered doing stuff, and they're just roundly attacking him. And the reason that most people attack him um, is pure jealousy. You know, pure jealousy. You think about the so-called mental health epidemic, which we all bang on about now, whether it be the lift the weight or you know be kind or all that nonsense. You think about that. And one of the problems that rugby players have is that they really struggle going from playing the game to leaving the game. And that, to be fair, is a real struggle. The drop in salary, the drop in camaraderie, all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. James Haskell is the blueprint of exactly what you do to prepare for your career after rugby. And his success, people hate him for it. And that just makes them really shit people. There's no ifs or buts. They're just really shit people. Now, from the women's point point of view i mean how stupid do you need to be you look at a podcast that deals with men's rugby and it's got a list of prominent men i would never look at say i don't know uh, one of the women's pod pod podcasts who put up a graphic of the most capped england fly halves a bunch of women go hang on a minute where's johnny wilkinson exactly right and if you look at you know the amount of effort that goes in from the men's game towards the women's game it is monumental it is monumental. So the example I gave was Ugo a few weeks ago saying the grounds aren't good enough. The grounds are the same as the men's, for, like for the most part. They're exactly the same because the amount of effort that goes in into women's game. So, so I think you, I think the summary of your, your point on Haskell is he, he he's or, or that podcast or whatever have earned the generosity of spirit to sort of at least try and go. Oh, I see what they were doing. There you go. And, and at the worst, just bob a little private message or pick up the phone and have a call not 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 it didn't do bother it, her not do right. it. it this did not bother her what she wanted to do and what she achieved was exactly you know was exactly her aim which was profile building yeah. and then you can see all these creepy men and they are the worst the creepy men that uh, follow women's rugby not all of them but a good a good solid majority the sort of man that is really well, hardcore into it don't say majority or whatever just okay, there, there are, are some there are substantial minorities well, yeah, because the the, the, this, got... is, this is twitter yeah that, yeah, that, well, is, well, that but, is but that... this is where women's rugby exists and this is the problem with women's rugby i mean you look at that documentary and every other line is how can you help be an ally and click the like button well this is where women's rugby exists and i'm certain that they're also lying to us about you know, the numbers that are watching and how many people... Because when you actually talk to people that put out the content and the numbers that they get, which I have done, it's minuscule. It is minuscule. So there are a lot of organisations out there, uh, particularly media or, or, um, or organisations, running with women's rugby, not because it's profitable, because it's a so-called right thing to do, and the occasional sponsor might ask for it, 
but it's not making any any money and it's not generating much interest whatsoever. No matter what they te- tell you, the analytics from certain providers will back that up pretty substantially. So just uh, my thought on this matter goes for a lot of things which become issues in rugby and I think the most important thing to remember is and I, I imagine there will be many, many people listening who haven't got a clue that any of this happened. Yeah, and, that, mm. and, yeah, and that's the point. And this because, is- because most rugby players, most rugby fans, or let's talk about fans, are not on Twitter, number one. And the small number of people that are, are disproportionately a high number of them are of a certain type and, and we know and, and we know the type we're talking about and that just and that that whole talk about echo chambers it just creates an environment where people like me just go i can't be bothered with that anymore well, and there's and lots of them feel very very confident in their position because they're surrounded by a disproportionately high concentration of like-minded people so they can create a pile on look, women's rugby okay should be fully encouraged should be fully encouraged for the women that want to play it but let's not confuse it has been a majority sport which is attracting loads of other women into it. It's not. It's great as a participation sport, and I think the majority of fans are probably they're probably men. It's probably a very very small amount of men. Maybe there's a few women, but I tell you what, there is a lot more women watching men's rugby that, than there is than there is women's rugby. And one of the reasons for this is exactly this incident which happened last week, where it makes itself look petty and insular and fragile, and the campaigning. Like the campaigning that, that that never ever stops. People don't people don't like it, including women. I mean, some of the harshest critics of all this, which I've spoken to this week, have been women. Most men don't care. I mean, let's be honest; they just don't care. Some of the women um, who watch a lot of men's rugby find it, quite frankly, ridiculous and petty. Um, and I've said this before; I'll say it again. The reason that you know that they're not serious about growing the women's game, but they are serious about profile building and fighting the fight, is because they don't suggest anything other than let's have exactly what the men's game have, and the men's game is broken. I mean, we've all spoke about this. You've got your well, bunch of... Well, listen to our podcast from a few yeah, weeks ago, which I, which I think was which went, was talked about No Woman, No Cry, talked about the women's game, and talked about the opportunities that that sport has, and we gave some, I think, productive suggestions. Just to top this off, right, maybe my favourite part of all this was... The video about allyship which came out like allyship is the single most stupid concept that i've ever heard if i have two daughters right and it i would never i would never ever lead them to believe what some of what some of these women believe so the key tenant of allyship is that your voice as a man is more impactful in a lot of situations than my voice as a woman I will never bring up my daughters to believe that basic premise. If you if you start with that premise, you're already onto an absolute loser. The, the second part of this, which blows my mind, blows my mind, is listen and listen with intents. I mean, I, but hang on, what if I have listened and I think you're completely wrong and I think that you're a moron? I mean, what if I've really listened intently and I think you're a f-ing idiot? I, you know, is it not for me then to tell you so you don't go and embarrass yourself? Because I've been an idiot many, many times. And I rely on people like you, Tim, and like you, Phil, to say, no, JB. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you thinking? It would not serve me well at all, would it? If, Phil, you're my ally, right? So you just listen to my crazy ideas. And once I've given you my crazy ideas, you just listen and then and then support me. Is that, is that okay? No. No. So, yeah, I... I will always support women that want to play rugby. I will never be an ally. 
because that, in a way, means I'm just going to be a creepy man, and I, I, you know, that that is not that is not something which I, I intend to sign up to. Courtney Laws's response when he ha- got into that exchange with Marcus Rashford, and um, mm. some people on Twitter, some rugby fans, quote unquote, on Twitter, tried to go to Adidas to try and get his endorsement taken yeah, away. T- tweeting at Adidas, tweeting, <laughs> tweeting Adidas, saying, "I think you should reconsider your endorsement of Courtney Laws." I question you as a person if if you would do that. But Courtney Laws did not react, did not say a word, did not apologise, uh, and ignored it all. It was water off a duck's back. And those people on Twitter never bug him now. This is the issue I think yeah, James yeah, Haskell's if you, got. If you don't bow onto it, the, the yeah. people don't bug him anymore. James Haskell bent the knee. Yeah, don't, don't feed the sparrows. Um, just what I'll give you a little personal one. I can't say too much about it, but um, I had an incident where someone contacted Talk H for a statement from Talk H saying that they... Uh, ask, requesting that Talk H either... Um, what's the word for it? Like, basically, abandon me, uh, make a statement abandoning me, or saying that they back my back, back my points of view. To which well, said, uh, no, no, boys, no, we won't be we doing d- that. We don't have to agree with everything. <laughs> we're a Rubik's Club. We're we, a we, rugby club. A Rubik's Club is supposed to be a melting pot of different people. That's one of the beauties about a Rubik's yeah, pot. exactly right. Why would... That's, that's an absolutely every, anyway. every opinion of every single member in your club yeah. you have to endorse or you have to throw them out yeah yeah, yeah that's what it they, were for, they wanted an endorsement what a and ludicrous I can't say any more about this because I promised no. I wouldn't um, but the background to this story is absolute, absolutely fascinating I and mean, I certainly won't say it on air I'll happily tell everyone off air <laughs> we'll, we'll do that over a beer yeah. another time yeah another time but, the, but then there were other things this week. There was a, an amazing tackle, uh, a video uh, a video of a tackle someone shared of this Aussie schoolboy, who just like the most textbook, but brutal tackle. And there was a lot of, a lot of people in this same Twitter arena yeah, I'm so saying, oh, I, I'm so concerned, this, this shouldn't be allowed. It, uh, so my point being is you've actually solved this years ago when you said rugby should ignore Twitter. I've started ignoring Twitter. Mm. And I, yeah, I, this would be my... And, 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 like, the fact is, 5% of people are on it. And, and Elon Musk is suggesting that the number is far lower than that. Yeah. Um, this is, yeah, this is my first thing I would do when I uh, become CEO of Premiership Rugby. Um, it's to order, literally, or mandate, coerce... Uh, every single rugby club just to take it not every, no, every single premiership club just to take take away its Twitter just take away its Twitter and then get people in the room who actually like rugby and say why do we like it oh yeah it's pretty masculine yeah we love yeah we love contact yeah that's cool working for your mates is cool is drinking cool yeah yeah drinking's really cool right? uh, and we just get this list of things that people actually like and we could celebrate the things which we actually do at rugby clubs and the things we actually in, in, um, enjoy rather than these it's the only thing that we can celebrate now. It's the only, it's the only thing that we're allowed to celebrate is skills and fans being nice to each other. That's it. Everything else is completely off limits. Within the laws, I love monstrous hits. Absolutely. So, Courtney Laws hitting Jules Police on one of my favourite moments of international rugby. And uh, some people would think I should be ashamed to say so. No. This no. week, this, this week, is Equate put in two or three oh, yeah. brilliant hits? It is very funny that the people that whinge no, the people that are so concerned about men's rugby, you know, they're, they're really concerned from the bottom of their heart. They never mention the um, amount of concussions that, that the ladies have, which actually is substantially higher. But they never mention that for some reason. It's odd that. They, you know, they just, they're not prepared to be critical of the ladies' game, but the men's game, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, just on things which I enjoy. 
<laughs> Lim services, 24 hours bar. Yeah. Or rugby I enjoy. There's an amazing clip of Wales, South Africa. And it lasts for about, it must be like 15 minutes. It is a ruck, I think. Certainly a breakdown of some description. And there must be five infringements, uh, including... Is this from, like, the 70s yeah, or 80s? No, it's Gareth Thomas playing. And, like, oh, okay. Gareth Thomas is tipped on his head, and then there's three <laughs> South Africans, like, smashing into the ruck without any arms. Oh, it's Boater. Boater's one of them, I, I've got no idea who these savages are, but I'm just watching this, and I'm like, oh, my good lord. Good lord. And then a Welsh player en- enters the ruck from the side, and the, and the ref goes, penalty! <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Those were the days... <clears throat> Have you got everything off your chest, JB? One last thing. If you want to be my ally, all right, so that involves listening to me and just taking orders. Listening with intent. Listening with intent and taking orders. Taking um, orders. <laughs> and then using your voice where mine would not be. I mean, I can't imagine where, what that scenario w- would be. But yeah, if you, wanted, if you wanted to be my ally, get in touch. I need as many allies or acolytes as I can possibly gather, really. <laughs> so that, that'd be great. The JB Ally, ally Programme. <laughs> so... To finish the pod, unless you've got anything else. Yeah, I'm going to make pin badges. A positive. Um, so I told you before about Dali. I've just just um, go- uh, searched for Dali 2 on Twitter. Oh, yeah. This is the art, artificial intelligence generating art. D-A-L-I, as so in Salvador. D-L-A, sorry, D-A-L-L-E. Okay. So this hashtag for this is D-A-L-L-E 2. So... The input for this photo, or no, it's not a photo, it's an, a piece of art created by artificial intelligence, was photo of an oversized grizzly bear wearing sunglasses and a leather jacket being interviewed on the Joe Rogan podcast experience. And the artificial intelligence created this. <laughs> <laughs> How do you... <laughs> How do you that, make it? That is, that is what was typed into. Incredible. How do you make it? How do you Incredible. make it? Incredible. How do you make it do They've things? They've even got the curtains in the background. That's unbelievable. It's, it's absolutely incredible. <laughs> how do you make it? I, d- oh, I don't wow. know. I don't know. I just know of it. I've never, I never had a play about with oh, it. I don't know it. if it, I read about it about a month ago or two months ago, and it was still in like beta testing phase, so I don't know if wow. it's open to the public yet. Shall we do basically wow. like a culture corner? As in what we're all listening to or watching. Go on, then. So I've come across a new podcast. And it's not going to be for everyone. But I just can't get enough of it. And it's, it's actually hard. It's hard to listen to. But it, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's incredible. It's called, I want to say, Haberman's Lab. Oh, yeah, you should. I've not listened to it. Oh, yet, my word. Oh, my word. So I heard this guy on a three-hour interview, and I want to interview him myself. I don't think I'll get the chance to, but I'd love to. He's a Stanford neuroscientist called Andrew Haberman, and he's got his own, he's got his own podcast, and some of the titles are absolutely fascinating. Now, I'm not entirely sure that all of this stuff works. I mean, I'm sure it does work scientifically. I'm sure it's proven. H-A-B-E-R. Uh, Haberman, yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to... And. Yeah, it is a hard listen because it's so in, it's so detailed and in depth and about ne- neuroscience. But if you can last, if you if you do it in like ten minute chunks, the stuff you learn and the guy is so engaging. Uh, I would highly, highly uh, re- recommend it. It's that one there, Tim. How's it spelled? Oh, Huberman. Huberman. H u b e r m e n. So very weird background for a professor. Loves to work out. Loves to talk about nerves and nervous systems. Human and, lab. Yeah, it's just really, really interesting. Oh my god, have you seen how many subscribers this guy's got? Fair play. 
Uh, how many? Well, just this is on Castbox, which is one. Uh, 61,000 on yeah. Castbox. Mm. Which is just one of many, many podcast players. Yeah, I'm sure if you're in this field, you, you, must, you must have heard this guy. I haven't, and I just can't stop listening listening to, to, to his content. It's just him monologuing most of the time, but sometimes he has guests on. I'm just looking at a couple of his guests, the people that I've heard on other stuff as well. Yeah. Like Rhonda Patrick's really interesting. Yeah, there's um, mm-hmm. one about physical fitness, and most of it I've actually heard, but it's really cool hearing it by from these two experts as you know the difference between reps yeah very good it's just it's all sorts it's all sorts very good controllables mm. just very very good podcast uh, I would say um, if if you like music oh yeah uh, it was, this isn't for JB but one of the funniest books I've ever read was the autobiography by Mark E. Smith which I'm, I'm nearly finished uh, he was a singer for the, a Manchester band called The Fall. He's, he's dead now, but um, an unbelievably funny book. Uh, one of the funniest I've read. And if, so, if you like, if you like music, uh, there's some great, great stories in there. What's it called? Renegade. Are you, are you familiar with the end of culture? What? Uh, uh, as in when uh, when civilizations end? No, as in like we have no no new culture now. So you just mentioned Manchester band. I was going to ask you, do we have any Manchester bands at the moment? Uh... The Cortinas are headlining Neighbourhood Weekender Blossoms as well. Stop, have Stockport, they been around for a couple of decades? Have they not? Uh, Cortinas, Cortinas have, have. yeah. Uh, well, for 10 or 15 years. Blossoms have been around for about a decade. So the theory is, as, as ba- we're basically at the end of culture. Everything's been done. Yeah. Nothing, nothing more has been created. There's, there's an element of that. There's no new styles of anything, is there? No. Really? I mean, two 50-year-olds headlined the Super Bowl halftime party in Snoop and Dre. Like yeah. Every film is basically a, re- a remake of an existing franchise. The only original content you can get is at the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast ev- every single Monday. We are <laughs> the only cultural institution left. <laughs> my, my two cu- culture corner things would be, I'm reading Sapiens, which is good, but people rave about it. I thought it was brilliant. And I, I'm really it. enjoying it. I like the principle, and I'm, I'm learning new things, but there's, there's stuff in there that I kind of knew or think I knew at least before it was coming in but the made like, up concept site part the, the, blew the, my mind the st- telling people stories to get them to do things is like, as the principle of um, foundation like the foundations for civilization. basically that, that my, is massive you just described my, missus, my, my wife's business basically that's, <laughs> that's not even joking that's kind of so that, that is, yeah. is good um, I'm not as blown away by it as other people seem to have been but it's good Um and I'm loving at the moment listening to the rest is history um, podcast. Not yet. Particularly, they, they do a two part special with Dan Carlin, which is brilliant. Ooh. Yeah, that, that. Tom, Tom Holland and Dominic uh, Sandbrook and Dan Carlin because they they are so funny those two. They bounce off each other so well. So Tom Holland has done, I think, quite a bit of work, or at least some work, with the guys from Pilot Episodes mm. on Spitfires from B- 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 BBMF. I do. As an introduction to to them, oh, there's loads of them. The Falcons that they did is good. Did is really good. The Watergate one, which is from a while ago, is really good. Really interesting. Downloading. Excellent. Yeah. Right. Well, Love that's it. it. Let's go and do a, a, a Patreon pod. Which can, can it be more irreverent than uh, 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 than <laughs> Is it possible? Is it possible? We might can we talk to, about less rugby proportion. We might have to like let Phil go at some part of it because you need to get some food before you it's get home. Really. It's your birthday. Well, I don't. I don't need any food, but uh, I definitely don't need any food because I'm probably on about three or four thousand calories today. Good lad. 
I don't know, probably closer to four or more. But I, f- I really fancy McDonald's, and it's my birthday. Yeah, it so. is your birthday. You deserve it. Right, OK. Let's, let's get I think it closes right. at half eleven. So. Patreon.com forward slash egg chasers for extra content. We'll f- Thank you for, for listening. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.